Welcome to Conversations Beyond the Veil. I'm your host, Sayo Nickerson. We hope that you will join Brandon, Victoria, and I as we aim to make sense of the past, age-old mysteries, and historical figures through mediumship, where we chat with beings or spirits on the other side who have a story to tell. We never know where it's going to go, and we hope that you will come along for the ride. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations Beyond the Veil. Uh, So I'm sitting here with Brandon, and this interview you're about to hear is with Cleopatra, Queen of Egypt, who died almost 2,000 years ago. And it was a good one. I mean, they're always great. We think that they're we think that they're really interesting and fun and intriguing, especially. And this one had a lot of intrigue, well, mostly in Cleopatra's life. Whether to or not me, the was, podcast was intriguing, I don't know. How was yeah. it for you? To me, it was like Game of Thrones, the TV show, and I mean, minus the violence, but there was violence, but a lot of political movings around and. Yeah, so you, you might find that the podcast is a bit confusing, and it is, and it's because we were confused, because her life, though short, was extremely complicated. I mean, there was so much intrigue with every single one of her siblings. There was something going on with them, whether or not she had them killed, or they try, you know, they tried to depose her father, the pharaoh, and then her sister was killed, and... So there's all of that, and then these other battles that had to do with Rome. Mm-hmm. And Cleopatra is, is famous for being the last queen of Egypt before it became a protectorate of Rome. And she had a relationship with Julius Caesar, and she had a relationship with Mark Antony. Yep. It's a really famous time in history with a lot going on, and it is really hard to keep track of. So we do apologize that our knowledge is... The breadth of our knowledge is not as vast as we would have liked it to be, but we tried to hold our own uh, during that conversation and, and try to make sense of it. What were some of the things that came up? The unification of East and West. Yes. With Egypt and Rome coming together, that would have kind of pulled both East and West together. Yeah, and there's some, some mystery around that. Well, not mystery, but it, it comes up like Victoria picks up on this sort of greater purpose of this East-West unification, which also, Brandon, you'd heard about from your uh, near-death experience friends. So that was an interesting topic that we discussed for a little bit. You might also be interested to find out who she was reincarnated as uh, in a past life. So again, it's another historical figure, and it's a name that we know. So you might want to listen for that info. I thought that was fascinating. And Victoria, yeah, Victoria picked up on it. And it so happened my near-death experience friends, they had told me one of the people that she, that Cleopatra was after she had passed away. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of crazy. We learn, we get a real sense in this episode of who she was, what her character was like, and who she cared about in her life and what mattered to her, and key things that happened in her life, we, we, we really do explore how that was for her. So for those reasons, I think it's just fascinating, because I don't think Cleopatra ever wrote down memoirs like other people have around that time. So, you know, it's all a guess, but now we have a pretty clear idea of, you know, how did she feel when Julius Caesar was assassinated? 
How did she feel going to Rome as a young child? All these things. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Today, we're excited because we are exploring ancient Egypt, which, of course, I'm always excited about, which is the whole reason why I think I wanted to do this podcast. I'm super fascinated with this time. And there's actually a fair amount of information about it, depending on which part of Egyptian history. But today we're going to talk to Cleopatra. And that's more recent. That's only a couple thousand years ago. There's a lot of information out there, but there's also still a lot of questions. How do you feel about talking to Cleopatra, Bryn? I feel great. <laughs> yeah. Because you suggested her too. Well, I had her in my mind and I said, no, I'll let Brandon. Well, Cleopatra is... People look at her as some almost like a mythical figure. And the thing is, is she lived in a life that I consider like Game of Thrones. It's a big deal for for that time being the last queen. So, yeah, it's, I think this is huge. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, Vic, what do you know about Cleopatra? I know the name. I know Egypt, but I don't really know anything about her reign, her life. No. Nothing. I probably learned stuff in primary school, but I don't remember it. <laughs> I love how you always reference primary school. <laughs> That's where they teach you the basics. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember. Okay, so that's interesting. Brandon and I have read a fair amount on it. There's so much to read, so I, I don't know how much of it I've actually grasped. Um, yeah. But And Vic knows nothing, so this will be really interesting to see what comes up. So shall we start? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to start with what I felt when I was driving over to your house today. And I just felt like this warrior energy come over me, like really strong, fierce, standing tall, powerful, very sure of herself. Yeah. It's very mature. Yeah. I feel like just go and ask questions and go ahead and we'll see. Can I, can I start in the very beginning of her life? If you want to. Okay. (laughs) Her father took over kind of the kingship of Egypt and put her as kind of his, his regent really, but his queen. And so I want to ask Cleopatra, at that young of an age, was that very stressful or were you completely kind of unaware of what was going on? She doesn't feel that aware of what was going on. It feels like she was kind of just brought in and molded a bit from there. But she, there's something about her that also does feel kind of sensitive or in tune with what would have been going on around her, but I don't think logically she would have known what was happening. Does she have any memories of her mother? It's like she's saying now she does. Like if she's looking from the perspective of being on the other side, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that I did. But at the time, I don't think that was that much. I feel like she, she had a feeling or a sense of someone who was there, but I don't feel like that much time would have been spent with her. Because they're not even really sure who her mother is although they assumed that it was the the pharaoh's queen. But then, like, but then I guess Cleopatra's mother died, and then the king then had three more children. But with who? Well, there was no other... I don't think he married again. Not that I know. Yeah. 
So they're maybe just from the harem or something like that. What can she tell us about her childhood? I'm guessing similar imagery to when we did King Tut. So like the feeling of the place is the same. Um, I guess Egypt. <laughs> but how many thousands of years apart though. Mm-hmm. But how they would have lived feels kind of similar and like the architecture and just the essence of it feels quite similar. But then okay, there's something that feels different and I wanna zoom in on that. Why she would be showing me the comparison between the two times. There's something about it feeling like there's a lot more freedom for her. I think I remember in the King Tut one, it felt like he was always kept separate from everyone. Cleopatra kind of feels like she's included more. So she doesn't feel like she's separated. She, maybe because she was a woman, she was, I don't know, more involved in something. Or did they know that she was always going to be queen? Well. Oh, yeah. She was, he she, named her as his heir. Yeah. He, the okay. father named him as, named her as his heir. And when he obviously passed away, it was her turn to be queen. And she had many brothers that she also... So, in Egypt, apparently when there is a king, there needs to be a queen. When there's a queen, there needs to be a king, so you can name who your opposite is. Okay. So, in that sense, the father named her as his regent, as his opposite, or his queen, kind of. What was the question again that we were... Childhood. So she Yeah, so would, like was she did she play with her siblings and was she close with them growing up? She feels I'd say a fair bit older than her siblings. Like there does feel like there's a separation and I don't know if that's because different mothers or I mean they probably all had different mothers. But there's something about her that's like in a league of her own and above the others. I think maybe because she'd already been named heir at that point. Mm. It's like she's already primed for a different kind of life. It was kind of like that too, yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like there's a pressure. It feels natural for her to have that role. When she was young, and I believe she's the only one in her family who could do this, she had learned several languages. Greek, Aramaic... And at the time, she didn't even know her own mother language, which was Egyptian. And she also learned that and how to write it. And from what I've read and what I've listened to, she was the only one of her brothers and sisters that could do that. Is there a reason why? There's something about them not all being allowed to be equal. Like, I'm getting this sense of jealousy from were they all the other's brothers or they, their sisters. There sisters there's some of her sisters. Okay. Sometimes. I just feel like there's a a slight jealousy or people looking at her like they don't really like it and I think if you're the person that she was destined to be then yeah you would learn different things because you're you need to be someone different like you're going to need to address your people so it's important that you're able to speak and write in their language the others I don't know it feels kind of like they're shunned or shoved to the side a bit who shaped her and her personality? Who were the big influences in her life? I actually feel like her father cared about her a lot. And it feels like I'd actually say there was a fair bit of love there, which shouldn't be abnormal for <laughs> father and daughter, but at that time, maybe they wouldn't care so much. 
So it feels like they would have had a fairly close relationship and would have spent a fair bit of time one-on-one together. So I feel like he had a big job in shaping her. And I think that was important because this warrior, warrior, this warrior energy that she has, it's very feminine, but also it has this masculine strength in it that I don't think she would have ever learned from the woman around her. Hmm. That makes sense. I think she traveled quite a bit as a young child. Um, what does she have to say about that? She feels really excited about it. I see a young girl being really excited and like coming back to her dad and saying, Dad, I learned this and I saw this and all these cool things. And it adds to the richness of her life and who she is. Yeah, because she traveled so much, especially for those days, you know. She kind of had to. I mean, she, so there was a, how do you say that, coup? That another, well, somebody who kicked her father out of, off the throne and they took over Egypt and took over the, the kingship and it, it was a woman, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a woman and... Her sister. Okay. Berenice. Ber- okay, yes, yes. Yeah, so this, this, there was a coup against her father and he was exiled and he exiled to Rome. And they don't know, but they assume that she went with him to Rome. Yes, they don't years. know, but they think it was her. Yeah. They assume that Cleopatra went. Because there's yeah. so many Cleopatras in the family and so many uh-huh. of his names. Ptolemies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So did she go to did she go to Rome when she was young? Yeah, I believe she did. It feels like she's an extension of him, and she needs to be protected and kept safe. And it wouldn't have been safe for her to stay. It feels like she probably would have been killed or something if she stayed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was there must have been some type of big-time closeness with them. Her life is insane. All the stuff that happens, like it's the ridiculous. political <laughs> intrigues. It's ridiculous, it is. It's like, it's a, um, it's a book, it's a movie, you can't write this. Yeah. Starting at the beginning, I guess the question is, how does she look to you? Like, Just, what are her features? Yeah. Or what does she have to say about how she looks? Well, there are definitely different phases, different ages. I see her as a very sweet-looking little girl. Like, you would call her a pretty girl. Very joyous, very happy. And then moving more into teenage years. Something feels like it kind of shifts there. The the amount of joy, and I don't want to say it's naivety she had as a child, but there is this innocence there that she hadn't seen real disaster yet, or it wouldn't have affected her so much because she was so young. But then in her teenage years, it feels like by this point, a lot has happened. And so she feels a bit more weathered and like a little bit more stoic. There's not that innocence and joy left in her anymore. But looks wise, I see her like having long, dark hair, regal looking. I feel like she would have worn a lot of gold. Maybe even did they have wigs at that point? I don't know. I'm not sure. What's her natural hair look like? (laughs) The energy around her at at that point, like teenage going into 20s, feels more like statuesque. There's not as much emotion being shown. She's like a lot stronger on the inside and fierce. 
yeah, so there's a big shift from child to teenager. Would people around her have thought that she was beautiful or attractive or not? I think they would have, which is also why she feels like a threat. Does that come more from like a confidence or like she's a beautiful woman? I'm hearing true beauty. She feels like what you would traditionally call beautiful. In the 1990s, they had the, uh, with friends, they had the Rachel haircut. Do you remember that? Yeah, when everybody imitated. There's something that happened with her, with Cleopatra, same same thing happened to where when she was traveling in Rome, she became so popular that people were dressed, women were dressing up as her in the streets and walking around. What was that experience like for her? Was that kind of embarrassing or was that more like, this is great? feels like it kind of happened without her knowing. She doesn't feel really egotistical. It's effortless. It's like she didn't really have to do anything and people just kind of copied her. But it doesn't feel like it phases her though. She doesn't feel like, oh my God, now there's all this pressure on me because people are looking up to me. It's just like, oh. She actually, I'd say there's a tinge of feeling at this point, like maybe a little bit depressed or something's happened to dampen her spirits and she feels, what age is she when her father dies? Like was it 51 BCE, BC. So I think she was 20? 14. Because she became queen as a teenager. Okay. She even fought her first wars as a teenager. Maybe that's the point that I'm thinking of then when she shifts is when her father dies because there's such like a happy young girl to her. She was born in 69 BC? Mm-hmm. Father died in 51, so was that so she's 18? <laughs> oh my god, 50, 69, 59. That's 10. Yeah, and then 18, 18. yeah. So 18 when she's queen. I guess, but did her father step down? Because she was literally fighting battles. No, he he died, but I can't remember how. So Probably poison. He seemed to die poison. So, I mean, I guess this, this woman, I, and I think it's her sister, and I meant to look into it more to find out who this Berenice person is, but it's said it's one of his daughters who led this coup. And then he was exiled to to Rome. Mm. And a number of years later, like two or three years later, he came back and retook the throne and executed the daughter. How did Cleopatra feel about that whole thing? Like, did she know this woman? How did she feel about her being murdered? So it's her sister that got a younger... Uh, I don't know if they're I think actually older. related. I was going to say, if someone's younger Besides than her, half. are they yeah. leading a coup when they're like 11 years old? <laughs> that feels No, I think it was wild. older. It feels like there's a distance. This is someone that you wouldn't call them family. Okay. Because family wouldn't do that. Like you, I don't feel that Cleopatra really cares so much that she got She wasn't like, her. let's kill her! She deserves to die. Well, my initial feeling was like she was deserving of it. Well, that's what I'm wondering if she was just. So that's what Cleopatra thought she was. Well, I wondered if that was my thought, and then I thought I was evil. But (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's Cleopatra saying that. Yeah, it probably is. If you lead a coup against the pharaoh, yeah, your own family, like then you deserve what you get. 
that was the feeling I had. Okay. So maybe that was coming from her. Okay. How did she feel about... So when she became the pharaoh, it was a joint... Um, because, yeah, they weren't sure how the populace would feel about it being single rule by a woman. And like Brennan said about having, you know, the, the two. And just like in King Tut's time when they would marry... Um, brother and sister siblings they've kind of kept that going up until this time or I don't know if they adopted it you know stopped doing it and then adopted it again later but she was named a joint reign with her younger brother who became Ptolemy the 13th her father was Ptolemy the 12th and the brother is 13th how did she feel about that she married him yes right were they married or they were I just joint I don't think they were married Appointed as rulers together. Feeling I'm getting is I'm suddenly like Elizabeth I is coming to me, virgin queen, and it feels kind of like she knew what she was doing, and she wouldn't be forced to be in a relationship with anybody that she didn't really want to be with. So she'd be, it'll be a bit tactical to be like, okay, they want me to be with someone, I'll pick him, but I won't be with him. I'll do like the right thing so I have someone next to me, but. She's not going to be forced to do anything she doesn't want to do. Okay, that makes sense. How does she feel about him? What's their relationship like? <laughs> the feeling I'm getting is like, oh, he's weak. Yeah, he started. She started writing her, writing him out of monuments. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, shoving him out the door. He eventually kicked him out. Yeah. Well, but then, then they had an argument. They had a falling out, and then it led to a civil war. And then there are a lot of rifts in this family, I'm feeling, and like they are deep seated. They're like planted from when they were young. Like when I was saying as kids, it felt like there was jealousy towards her from the other siblings. And it just grows and grows mm. throughout their lives. And then when they're adults, it's like individually they each get to play something out. So, not a loving, cuddly family? No. The only love feels like it was really between. The father and Cleopatra. Yeah. How did she meet Julius Caesar? Under what circumstances did she meet him? Because that, you know, people aren't sure exactly. Is he from Rome? Yeah. The leader of Rome. Would her father have met him? Were they around at the same time? Yeah, probably when they were in exile in Rome. That's my feeling, is that, like, there was some kind of alliance or connection made then. So... That's what some of the papers say, yeah. Okay, so it feels like Cleopatra and Julius Caesar, like, maybe they would have been very young at the time, but they would have, like, already made some form of connection. And it feels like Rome welcomed them in. So naturally, like, when she's older, I feel like there's, there's still that acceptance from them. Because then Julius Caesar shows up in Egypt uh, because of this civil war between her faction and her brother's faction. So then during that time when he's in Egypt, how does she connect with him? I feel like he really admires her. There's something he's kind of mesmerized by her in a way. Do you know they had a romantic relationship? They did. They did. Yeah. Okay. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so juicy. I know. He was I like 23 or 20. 
30 He's years. He's a lot 30 older years, than 31 her. years. Oh. No, 30 years exactly older than her. Oh, wow. I think 30 years. I'm just saying he was struggling. He also had a wife at the time. Yes. So he had a wife at the time, too. Oh, I don't like that. I had a wife. Okay. There's something exciting about it, though. Okay, if, if she ever had a weakness, it feels like he could have been her weakness. Like, if anyone was going to manipulate her, he would have had the power to. Like, she's normally really strong, but there's something that, like, she really drops into her feminine softness when he's around. So he could have had a chance to like try and do like, I don't know, take, I don't know if he'd take over, but to have some kind of influence and she would listen to him. Hmm. So she's a bit smitten? Yeah. Who Would she say that he's like the great love of her life? Uh, I don't feel like a really strong yes. What about Mark Anthony? <laughs> Mark Anthony? <laughs> Did she love him more? Who's he? <laughs> Number two. Okay. What was the relationship between Julius Caesar and Cleopatra really like? It's very intense and passionate to the point where it like it doesn't feel very clear. So I think in the end maybe it gets a bit messy. I think there is like a bit of manipulation there. He claimed, no, she claimed that they had a son together and Julius Caesar never recognized him as his son. How was that to her? Well, first of all, is it his son? Caesarian. I feel like it is and she can't really understand why he would say it's not. The scholars think it's because not to, I guess, disrupt his marriage. Yeah, it feels like he would never leave his... He would have never left that life in Rome for her. But this is where, like, there's a bit of sadness that comes in. And this is where, like, anywhere she would be naive is this. It's like a classic story with a man where he, like, makes a promise and you kind of give up everything for him. And then he just walks away. So that feels like it hardens her more as well. And from that point, she becomes, like, a bit more destructive and fierce. Well, so getting back, because this is uh, the story, there's a couple versions of how she managed to see him because I think he was in the palace um, and she wanted to have an audience with him. And so she had to find a way to get in to meet him. And then some say that she had herself rolled up in a carpet <laughs> and carried in and then like was like, here I am, you know, and then they worked their alliance and all the whatever that, you know. The sparks between them, but and other people say she just kind of walked in like all dolled up because she'd heard a story that he had a thing for um, like princesses or something like that. So she was like, oh, I'm going to get all dolled up and like look cute and then maybe he'll pay more attention to me. I feel like he already knew who she was. I don't think she needed to try that hard. Maybe she did, but it doesn't feel like she needed to. There's a ve it feels like there's a very strong attraction between the two of them. Like, for some reason, they would have like magnetized towards each other. But it also feels very dangerous and explosive. Like, there's a potential for an explosion because of the intensity. And it feels like they had a secretive, passionate relationship together. 
but yeah, in the end, she gets hurt because it feels like she lets her guard down a bit. So I guess we don't know if she gets smuggled in the carpet or not. <laughs> Does she? I'd just say they're both as infatuated with the other. Like, they're equally infatuated with one another. So it wouldn't surprise me if she did do something like that. Because she, yeah, she's like mesmerised by him and he's mesmerised by her. So they would do drastic things to be around each other. How did that last? Like, did it, um, because she ended up going with him to Rome for two years. They're still married, right? He invited her up and along with his and her child. Yeah, they were all in, they all went to Rome. How was that time for her? Being in Rome as his mistress, kind of. And he'd already said this isn't his child. Well, I don't know if he... He never said it was and never said it was. He just never acknowledged him as his heir. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. They're two very different worlds, Egypt and Rome at this time. So it kind of feels like it doesn't make sense to blend them. It would be confusing for the rest of Rome and Egypt, and maybe the world even, if a Roman-Egyptian child became the heir to like which throne to both of them it just feels a bit confusing and it's like easier to keep things separate like if Julius Caesar had kids with his other wife then they would have been theirs it's like let's keep it separate let's not I feel like it could have been really powerful it feels kind of like a turning point in history where if there was acknowledgement something very different would have happened Mm. but there wasn't so it, it kept things as they were like Egypt separate from yeah. Rome. He put a, he created a statue of Cleopatra and put it in a very sacred place in Egypt or in um, Rome, and that caused a huge rift and a lot of people frowned upon. Uh, what did she think of the statue? Feels like it was confusing for her because it feels like a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet kind of situation where like you know you want to be with each other and you know it's real and it's good but everyone around you frowns upon it. So it's like, oh my God, there's a statue of me. It feels really like, oh, that's his symbol of love towards me, but it has to be kept secret. And then the outs, the external influence, it just, it's like a pressure cooker really for their relationship. I'm sure it was. Yeah. What did she, did she like Rome being there? It feels more isolating than being in Egypt, like she would have had to have waited for, say, the king to come to her. Although he wasn't a king, he was a leader of the Republic. Mm. Same shit. (laughs) (laughs) After him, it became an empire, but... It doesn't feel like it would have been safe for her to, like, do her own thing. She can't really have her own life there. It feels like she's slightly imprisoned in a home. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me too. Like she'd be in this cage in this foreign land and having to do his bidding sort of, or like her life revolves around whatever he does. Yeah, and you're not welcomed in to be a part of that family. You're not, but you love that man and you want to be in his life, but actually you're not in his life. And she was in Rome when he was assassinated. So how was that? I can see her pacing and feeling really scared and being like, I need to get out. I think at this point she would want to go home to Egypt. 
I'm trying to see what she felt emotionally, like if she felt sad about it. It feels like real terror. I could see her like screaming because in a sense, he's the one thing that keeps her safe. So it feels like she may have had to try to leave secretly, kind of like underground, like I need to get out before anyone finds me here. Mm. But yeah, it's definitely sad in an emotional sense, losing someone she loved. She stayed an extra month, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I think she was trying to figure out like what that means for everything going on back home too. Because then her brother is also assassinated, right? Which one? So then she names her son as the heir. Because she named... Okay. Oh, wait. That she named her youngest brother. So first she married Ptolemy, or she was ruling with Ptolemy 13. Her dad was 12 and then 13. And then during the civil war, he ends up dying. His boat, like... Yeah, he drowns yeah. in the Nile. And then, so then I think Caesar again says, okay, and because again, he wants to keep the peace. So he says, okay, Cleopatra is the ruler along with Ptolemy fourteen. Another brother. Another brother. And then when Caesar gets assassinated, I think she has the brother assassinated. Poisoned, yeah. Yeah. And then she names her son with Caesar, Ptolemy 15, as the new ruler. And I don't know how old he was then, but he was not very old. So she says, appoints him as that, but she's still ruling, but I think wants to kind of transition. Like she's trying to make it all so that he ends up becoming the ruler. Yeah, I mean, and then there's a whole other war that starts between, started by Rome, from the group that supports Caesar and wants to avenge his death, and then the group that plotted to kill him, which is like Brutus and I forget the other one's names. And so then there's a big war between them, and then during that time is how she meets Mark Anthony. So what's a good question? <laughs> there's a lot going on I'm sensing obviously and but it feels like within that I see her in the middle very alone and there's all this chaos going around outside of her so it feels like she has to really find an inner strength and turn back into that like okay tactical um monarch who's like what am I gonna do how where what's the safest place for me to be and it's like I see her there with her kid, like, protecting him, but he's also kind of protecting her by having him as leader with her. It's like, okay, I'm safe for a minute while I can figure out what to do, but, like, where does my alliance lie? What situation do I want to get involved with? Am I really in this Rome situation? Is it actually anything to do with me? Where should my focus be? Did he, did she kind of gravitate more toward... Mark Anthony. Is it Mark Anthony or Anthony? I was Mark call, Anthony. I always call him Mark Anthony for some reason. I think that's like American versus English. Oh. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, uh, Mark Anthony supported his... So when, his, when the coup happened to his father, uh, Mark Anthony supported her father. So was there... Is there Where's he from? He's Roman. He's Roman. Yeah. Did he take... He took over... Well, yeah, later he becomes like a big ruler, yeah. sort of in the in the Far East, taking over different things in the name of Rome. 
Did one she, of the triumvirate leaders. Did she gravitate toward Mark Anthony because of that? Because of he supported her father? There's something about him that definitely feels safe. Um, is he also a lot older than her? I think a little bit older, but not a lot. Not as much as Caesar. No. Yeah. I don't, I, he's not her age. He's older. Than he's her, older But maybe not as, as old. Because I am feeling like a safe fatherly feeling from him right now as I'm tuning in something feels calmer about him there's a level of protection someone who has connections as well I feel like somebody can give her safe passage I don't know where to or from but safe passage in some kind of way hmm. she ends up like having children with him and stuff how does she feel about him feels like a bit of a calm in the storm Everything's just in my whole being. It's gone more quiet and peaceful now. Mm. Is it okay if I tell you what my near-death experience groups and friends said about that? Yeah. Yeah? So, apparently, there were soulmates, Mark Anthony and Cleopatra. Hmm. Well, the, the peacefulness of it feels like a relief from the torture of Julius Caesar time of, like, being so in love but not being able to do anything about it. It's like, oh, okay. It was like they're actually able to have more of a family. So that feels right. Was it because he was quite infatuated with her? Not like Julius Caesar was. I, I don't know. It feels like this peaceful acknowledgement of each other, like this knowingness of the other, acceptance. The word infatuation doesn't feel like it fits for them. Maybe it was always like a father figure thing. Because apparently... Well, there's a theory that he met her quite a long time before when she was only 14 and he sort of fell in love with her. And I could see that when he's older and all these, when she's older and all these different things happen to her, that he wants to like take care of her. I could see that. It feels very much like divine timing for them. I think she needed to go through some of the harder lessons with other people, um, but definitely could have been a recognition from him maybe unconsciously when she was younger, of like, I know her and I like her and something's going to happen, but it's just not right now. Mm. Which I guess makes sense for soulmates, right? <laughs> yeah. They have it all planned out. And, and so how does she feel? Like, it's crazy. How many of these people get murdered and assassinated? <laughs> like her sister, I think her father, her mother, I don't know what killed her. And then, like, the first brother dies, and then now she killed the second one. But then there's also other people that all get killed and changing allegiances, and there's all yeah. these wars, and yeah. then they they go and they hunt down some guy, and they kill him, and, like, everybody is dying. Like, well, the father, when he took over, they back took the throne back over, he had a lot of, like, people assassinated. Yeah, like the sister. <clears throat> um, yeah, and then the, there was another... Cause, he also had ambassadors assassinated. During that civil war where she met Caesar, I think what happened is that her sister helped the brother and they were like aligning together. And so when Caesar was trying to keep everything, like keep the peace, he's... Is that what happened? He said Cleopatra and the younger brother and then the other one and... And the other sister, we're going to rule Cyprus or something like it's that. It's really confusing, so it's hard for me to keep track It's of. so confusing. 
yeah so anyways i was just wondering how she feels about you know these like was she always worried that somebody was going to try to kill her and was she always plotting about how she's going to kill her relatives to take power like why was power so important to them yeah good question Mm. she actually doesn't feel like she's sucked into that drama i keep seeing her like alone like it's her and her dad and then he's taken away and then it's just her but she doesn't feel like she's in the same drama that her family have had maybe that's because she's always been in the position where she is kind of on top whereas everyone else is like scrambling for a place um and so yeah people probably definitely did try to kill her and kill each other but it's a whole web in that world that she's kind of not caught in but she is the center of it was her father kind of like the guiding light for her after his death definitely feels like he would have stayed close and also that she then had like julius caesar and mark anthony it feels like she always kind of has like a a father figure supporting her like she needs that safe male she probably looked for her father in these men Mm -hmm. i don't know if she would have known it when she was alive but i feel like she did keep a close relationship with her father after his death but i don't think she would have realized what was him helping her so her sister arsinoe she had mark anthony put her to death as well so she had colluded i guess with one of her brothers earlier and then was in exile in ephesus and then i think she convinced mark anthony there's a lot of um, people who were angry in Rome because, and this was like, so Caesar's successor was his great nephew, Octavian, who became, I guess, Emperor Augustus, right? And mm. he was very powerful, very smart guy. And Mark Anthony and him and somebody else were ruled Rome as in a triumvirate. Like they kept getting um, permission from the Senate or from the populace to like rule another two years. And so they'd be like, oh, it's expiring in a year. And then they're figuring out what's the next thing. And because it was a very confusing time, I think. So then they had this sort of yeah small group of people ruling and Mark Anthony was one of them. And then when he was with Cleopatra, he's like, oh, here, take Judea, take this area and was giving away parts of the Roman empire to her. And so that's what Octavian used to get people back home angry with Mark Anthony. That was like the narrative he was setting, mm. like just giving away the homeland to this woman. Um, because also, you know, I think he was threatened by Caesar having this son. Like Caesar didn't have any other children, except for this one with Cleopatra. The underlying current here between both relationships with Caesar and Anthony feels like the bigger picture is about Roman Egypt and not being able to blend the two. So it feels like energetically at this time, there was an opportunity for something to happen, for emerging to happen. And there's just always someone coming in and like stopping it. But a big part of Cleopatra's life feels like it's about being tied to Rome. She could have just been like, fuck, I'm done with this Caesar bullshit and like kept Egypt for herself and just lived there. But there's this something that keeps like sucking her back in. There's some kind of like soul lesson there for her and for Earth. It feels like there's something to happen. So do you think that it it 
it would have been better for Earth if it had blended or it was just never meant to be. And I was like, what's, what's the point of all of that? It's interesting that within her lifetime, there's at least two opportunities for that to happen. So I think the fact that it came back, well, we didn't happen the first time. Maybe the second opportunity is time for it to happen, but the pieces don't all fall into place. They are connected in a way, right? Because like she's the ruler of Egypt and he's the ruler of Rome and they're together and they're both ruling both parts. I mean, I don't even know how you would combine them. It was considered to be sort of a vassal state of Rome, Egypt was. And also she inherited her father's debt and he amassed huge debts with, I think, Roman bank financiers. So there was always that tie too, that she had to try to keep those people happy. But it's, it always feels like Rome is above Egypt. Like it's not an yeah. equal alliance. Yeah, it was. Did anyone ever kill or try to kill her son, the one with Caesar? He was killed. Okay. Yeah. Octavian got him. Yeah. Oh, that feels horrible. But she had died by then. Mm-hmm. Already. What were you going to say? I was going to say, she was, she was kind of getting on to what my near-death experience friends were told. Oh, which is? The idea was to actually, it didn't happen, but the idea was to unite. It was supposed to unite to cause even more peace, to, to attempt that. But these two big old empires were going to meet and unite. It didn't happen, obviously. Same thing was going to happen this time around, another repeat, which was Princess Diana and I forget oh, the guy she was going to. Don't buy it, yeah. Yeah, that would have aligned and met, and she was told the east and west. Yeah, east and west would have united in a in a, in a completely different way than it do, it is now. But the cabal stepped in and um, ended that, and the cabal are considered the dark dark souls. So. And is Octavian one of those? I have no idea. No idea. What's your sense of Octavian? When you say that name, I'm like, oh. I think he was a little weasel. Because, like, from. I read the whole First Man in Rome series by Colleen McCullough, and there's so many records of that time and the speeches that people gave. And so she is, like, very detailed in her research. And it's so fascinating, the whole series, starting with, like, the guys a few before Caesar. Like, it starts before when Caesar's just a little kid and everything. It's, it's really fascinating and all these huge names in history like Cicero and Pompey and yeah. all those guys all lived and knew each other in this like small town in Rome. Pompey, how, how did he die? Uh, he was killed he was beheaded in Egypt. By, beheaded by... Her brother. Yeah, okay. And that pissed off Julius Caesar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was a whole thing too because Caesar, there was like a civil war between Caesar and Pompey. Caesar defeated Pompey, he fled to Egypt and then, yeah, and then he was killed. And so even though he was his enemy, Julius Caesar was like, no, no, no. You guys are Egypt. You're not allowed to kill Roman generals, yeah. even if they're out of favor. Yes. Yeah. And so that was part of why he went there. But, um, yeah, the East-West thing is interesting. So it seems like that was maybe, obviously, like she came so close to many times. So that was maybe her, was that her sole purpose in this life? Her sole mission? Feels like one of the greater missions for her life. I feel like she would have had personal ones too, that I'll get into in a minute. But just looking at that greater one, it's like she is a huge piece in the puzzle 
or a piece on the chessboard, like, very important, she'd be like the queen on the chessboard of making something happen. And it does feel like she did everything she needed to. It feels like it's the others that failed, or just the darkness won. Who's the other person in this? So you've got Mark Anthony, the Octavian guy. Who's the other person? You said there's like a... Well, they said it's a triumvirate, so that means there's three of them, and yeah. I'm not sure who the third one is. Why? I just feel like there's something there of Mark Anthony feels like a good guy. Octavian feels terrible. So like, who's the who's the missing link? There's something... Because that one doesn't necessarily feel like a bad person. They don't feel that dark, but they feel like they're not very present. Maybe they weren't, maybe they were traveling or they weren't really like there because then if it was two against one, maybe it could have shifted, but it felt like one versus the other and the third person's missing. Mm. Something goes wrong. It feels like something in this grand plan goes wrong and that's why it doesn't complete. What goes wrong? Well, all of this relies upon a lot of different cogs turning at the right moment. And if like one person doesn't do their part, then the whole thing kind of falls through. So it feels like someone for some reason doesn't do their part. And so it can't work out or would have been a real big struggle. Yeah, because eventually Mark Anthony goes to war against Octavian and then he's defeated. Wait, Mark Anthony loses. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he loses and then commits suicide. No. Yeah. It's not supposed to happen that way. <laughs> you just gave away the whole TV show for him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you don't, you don't even know that part. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> um, so how does, how does she die? What... What can she tell us about her death, or how does it feel in do your you body? Know how she, you know how she. Dies. I do, but don't tell her okay. how she dies. Okay. No pressure. I know. I was like, "Fuck, what's going Does she get killed like everyone else? Um, but she's with Mark Anthony when he dies, right? When he kills himself. Oh, uh, no, not necessarily. They're not in a relationship. Well, I don't know. Were they together? Oh, you mean a relationship? Oh, yeah. um, I don't mean. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. Well, they like he didn't see her for three years, uh, and he was still married. And then he, so he ended up. His wife tried to start Flavius, tried to start some whole thing. Then she ended up dying. She had some armies she was commanding. Um, Yeah, it gets really crazy. This is Game of Thrones. She she dies, and then as part of some truce with Octavian. She's trying to get power for Mark Anthony because she's hoping that's going to bring him closer to her. So she goes against Octavian and then she ends up dying somehow. And then that's Mark Anthony's chance to make, to make it up with Octavian. And so then Octavian says, okay, but as part of this deal, um, like, yeah, you can rule in the East and I'll do this, but you need to marry my sister. So he marries Octavia, Octavian's sister. So he's always, and then he's in Rome, and then he has children with her. Weak. Yeah. And then he comes back at some point. Yeah, I think because he started taking, trying to take over these other kingdoms, and 
it started not working out for Rome or something. I don't know. Oh my God. Historians are going to listen to this and be like, you are mangling this. What do these people know? We don't know. I only read for one hour on it. But um, yeah. And then uh, she's reunited with Mark Anthony, introduces him. She had twins with him, introduces him to his three-year-old twins. And I think they're back together after that. And then they end up having another child later. But there was something about how they got, they were, they'd fall, they had a falling out. And like she wasn't speaking to him or something. I thought it had to do with some type of political disagreement. Yeah, perhaps. But it wasn't all like they're solid. They weren't solid no. or anything. Okay. It just feels like she's continuously kind of let down by men and it comes back to the story of her being on her own. And it does feel like she's capable. There is this warrior energy in her. And at the same time, there's like this yearning for someone to support her, to like, I can have her dad back really and have someone be there and be solid. So she keeps flipping from like feeling safe with a guy and then it being taken away and then being safe again and being taken away. And like people around her get murdered and they commit suicide and it all feels like a lot. So I feel like emotionally towards the end of her life, so I want a big exhale. It feels like a bit of relief that my time's up. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, to have that going on all around her for... She was only on the throne 18 years, but it was just insane. Insane, the amounts of wars and intrigue and political maneuvering she that went on. She wars. Yeah. So yeah, getting back to how... How did she die? Yeah. I actually feel like she feels quite sad and defeated. Like, older than the years. The 39 years. Yeah. Because she's been through so much. I'm not getting a clear image on what happened. Like, different things are popping up, but I could just be making those up for myself. Like what? Like, either she killed herself too, or somebody else killed her, she got sick. <laughs> Lots of things that could have happened. <laughs> What's the strongest one though of those? It feels wrong that somebody would have killed her. It makes me sad to think that she would take her own life. Did she? Mm-hmm. Oh. Fuck's sake. <laughs> that's, that's, the tragedy. The, that's to be the sad option, isn't it? <laughs> that was my first instinct was like, no, she killed herself too, didn't she? Makes sense if she was feeling sad and defeated by the end. Ugh. I feel like my heart just like stops. Well, that's what happens when you die. But emotionally, I feel like it's just like, oh, thud. At this point, she just wants to give up because she's lost too much already. She's lost the fight. She doesn't really want to go through any of this again. Like, she's already lost Caesar and then she's lost Mark Anthony and. I think the being alone really gets to her. Yeah. What does she think about her son before she killed her son? I can't believe she left him. It would shock me if she would leave knowing that she'd be leaving him on his own. So was he somewhere else at this point? Had he like... That I actually do not know. Taken someone else's side? Had he already kind of gone off on his own life? I think she was prepping everything for him to take over. I don't believe he was in the vicinity when she died. 
And I think he'd gone off somewhere and then he was tracked down. I think she'd sent him off somewhere, actually. And then he was tracked down by Octavian like a year after she died and they killed him. Because they didn't want, they said the, the world, one Caesar is enough. Mm. I think she kind of knows when she kills herself that there's not really much hope for him. Yeah. So it feels a bit like, whoa, I can't believe you left him on his own, knowing that he would have to defend himself and he can't. He could have been part of a contract, I don't know. If, if you'd feel a bit like, well, at some point he's got to learn his own lesson and he's got his own things to work on. Yeah, I think what put her over the edge was that she found out, because she had said to Octavian, like, you know, I surrender and I've lost or whatever, but I do not want to be paraded around Rome because, you know, they'd always have these big triumphs, right? And they'd have these big parades and bring all the, whatever, exotic animals they'd captured and all the Nubian slaves and whatever. And here's the king of whoever that we defeated in chains. And she said she didn't want that because that's what had happened to her sister, I think. Probably Caesar paraded around her sister. And then um, he said he wouldn't, but then she found out that he was going to. And she said, you're not going to get me to triumph. I will not be in your triumph. And then she killed herself. So she was quite literally defeated at the end. Mm -hmm. Emotionally and literally. That's really sad. Yeah. And then there's the stories of whether she just poisoned herself. They said that she'd been testing it out on some of her servants and stuff <laughs> beforehand. But then the famous story is that she had an asp bite her. She yeah, died that's the asp. one that my friend said was true. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe she tested the asp out on her friends first. Oh, yeah, I know, that, she never they said died really about quickly. That, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another question I have. I mean, she's the ruler of England. Like, how connected was she she's with... The ruler of England. Sorry, of Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> she was the ruler of the other country with an E, Egypt. Egypt. How did she feel towards her subjects? Like, did she even care much about them or their well-being, or was she just caught up in her own? I just feel world? like she's so preoccupied with. I I don't even feel like she would have spent that much time in Egypt necessarily, and like, if she did, she was more worried about what was going on in Rome than the bickerings between her siblings in Egypt. Mm. She's very torn. It's a very difficult life. Yeah. Yeah. She also, I think, they think Egypt was quite wealthy because I know that was a big thing with Mark Anthony is like she was funding him in his little battles and stuff like that. Um, so I think they wanted like her allegiance. Mm. But I wonder what she could have accomplished if her energy wasn't going into men. <laughs> Like, if she kept her focus on her own country and kingdom, like, what? Yeah. Did she feel like she succeeded in that life? Or is she disappointed with it? She definitely did the best she could. Just feels like there are a lot of layers involved. Like, me saying, you know, if she put all her energy into Egypt and didn't follow men. But, oh, when I was saying earlier, I'll get back to more of her personal goals. That feels more like her intimate relationships with people, her one-on-one relationships, like her romantic ones. She couldn't avoid those. You can't just focus on the bigger picture. Like you've also got your individual soul lessons. And, you know, if Mark Anthony was her soulmate, then, like, she would have united with him in some kind of way and something would have happened. And it feels like she needed to be with Julius Caesar and there's something she had to play out there. So she couldn't have just focused on Egypt. 
she did the best she could and at the same time it wasn't all on her and that's why she feels a bit sad it's like there's so much pressure on me how much could I have actually done against these evil men and she's not saying that she was perfect but it feels like she was a loving mother who protected her children and had the ability to genuinely love people whereas it feels like there are a lot of people in that time whose only focus is on power and greed where she's able to like walk the line between yes I'm a powerful person in this position and I'm a human who has desires and needs and you know loves my father loves these men loves my children and I feel like her father taught her that to be like human and a leader. Is there anything that she wants to tell us that can help us in life? It's like don't lose your humanity no matter who you are. Does that mean she regrets murdering her siblings? No, I feel like she's more pointing at other people in saying that. And also remembering that people in power also have their own things going on. They're not just leaders, like they're humans with lives and families and desires. So it works both ways. It's like we can have compassion for them and then they have compassion for, well, they look at themselves and think, okay, I'm also a human who can be nice. What other lives has she led since then? I actually feel like she would have been queen again somewhere else. Really? Yeah. Do you know that to be true? Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Who was she? Queen of Scots. Oh, uh-huh. Mary Queen of Scots? That's what... No yeah. way. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like that totally stands like it could be true to me. Huh. I was trying to remember if there was anybody else I was told that she was. That's a lucky soul. They have some big yeah. lives. Um. <laughs> Is it lucky? <laughs> I think it's fun. And she got killed. Beheaded. Yeah. No, but it's like it's like big stakes. I I know one life that she okay, this is gonna sound weird, but how do I explain this? Because it sounds not right. But she was not going to be in royalty and was gonna be more of kind of like not that kind of life and almost like crap life, like some poor peasant somewhere. Yeah. And that was kind of, I don't you can't really have issues up there, but it was like... Uh, she was like, no, I'm not pretty, It wasn't just that. It, was, it wasn't, you can't, I mean, you can, you can do whatever you want, but it was almost like, I would rather, she was like, I would rather prefer to be royalty than be in this. So I don't know if that's... I'm sure she lived lives where she was also on the other side of things. Yeah, my, my friend was told that you live a very, um, you live one life that is a very tough, well, difficult life where you learn all these lessons and you have about five or six lives where it's, it's kind of easier. And then you have that one life again that's pretty tough. Then you have like five or six that are easier. Like you live your whole life all the way through. You have your family and all this stuff and great-grandchildren. And now you're going to be Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you learn this huge lesson, you know, because everything's balanced out. Like we have all these these people who have been these famous people throughout history for thousands of years. And, but there's, 
there's people who have been famous in their little tribes or their villages, and mm. it's kind of the same. And we all get to experience that. So we can, because it's, it's a way to, because our, our job here is to experience as much as we can, good, bad, and like even doing bad things and doing good things, and balancing it all out. And the thing is that with uh, Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony, I, I was thinking, one of the other thing that my friend said was, um, she was told that a lot of the kings, when they get into a regular life, they have to deal with the energy of having a, how do you say it, a harem? A harem? A harem, yeah. Yeah, a harem of women. And they have to deal with that. They have to balance that out in this next life where they're just a regular guy, can't get as many women <laughs> as they want. Yeah. And it's actually really hard. And so divorces, lots of cheating, things like that show come up. And But she was also told it's not like, it's not being judged, you know, like if you have a polygamous relationship, that's not judged. So it's just... Well, at certain know, points, you're born into a life where things are normal, like it was normal to marry your sibling or kill your siblings. Yeah. Times have just changed now. Just sounds like for her growing up, like that was just the, that time, like all of her siblings would have grown up with this whole idea that, oh, we need to like get rid of this person, get rid of that person. Yeah. And, get on top somehow and then there's other times in history where the royal family is like so close to each other and you know that they would never like you're my older brother and you're the king and i'm happy with that i don't want anything Mm. to do with it or whatever you know so from where we stand we can judge them now but back then and i wonder knowing that you'd be born into a life where execution is more normal and torture is more normal would you get judged for that on the other side as much as you would now if we did that? I don't know. That's a good question. You could ask her, was she judged for, you know, commanding these executions of so many different people? It just doesn't feel like... It's not like killing is ever right. It just feels like there's less focus on that back then. What about on the other side? That's what I mean. Once you get to the other side, it's like it was a part of. It's just more a natural part of life. Like if you're going to be a thief, then chances are you're probably going to get your hand cut off. Or it's all relative, I guess, to us. Yeah. Society is that yeah. People are doing that every day. Then, whereas if you do it now, that's going really outside of the norm, and therefore you'll be judged more harshly, on it, perhaps. Are you talking about judged on the other side? Like yeah. Person that dies? I also don't yeah, like know. if you kill somebody today versus killing someone when you're in Cleopatra's time. Like I would, how is that looked upon? I was told that there is no judgment on your side. I was going to say I didn't like myself using the word judgment there, but I mean um, like. But what what happens is like you'll experience the the horrors and the harms that you've done to somebody else as if you are that person, and and it's apparently it's horrendous. It's like oh my gosh, I would never, I'd never want to do that to anybody again. Um, at the same time, <clears throat> one of those near-death experiencer friends was told something about Alexander the Great, how he's gone through all these lives wanting to, like, um, totally trusting those people that are closest to him when he knows better not to. Yeah. And this is a lesson that he's got to learn because he had a, sorry, he had a decision to make during one of, uh, during the Alexander the Great life to pretty much bump off the guy, who, the, the group that bumped him off. 
But he's like, no, I won't do that. It's just, mm. and if he would have, better things would have happened, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well, so Cleopatra is the last in the line of Alexander the Great. She was the last Greek queen. Who ruler. came into power then, so she killed herself, her son was killed, and then what happened? Then it became a protectorate of Rome. Like Rome took over Egypt. Yeah. History is crazy. Yeah, so Alexander the Great conquered Egypt 300 years before and installed like his buddy Ptolemy, actually. That was his name, wasn't it? Ptolemy. As the ruler, and then all these people have all come down from then. So she's actually European by descent. Yeah, Greek. Not Egyptian. Okay. Hence why she didn't know the Egyptian language. She knew the Greek language first. Yeah, the first. ruling class spoke Greek. Yeah, it's good. I mean, wow, what a time. Yeah. Imagine being a newspaper reporter in those days. <laughs> like, how do you keep track of all this, like, and all the allegiances constantly shifting? And There's this book I read called Cleopatra. I read it in, like, 2006, and it's like Game of Thrones. You know, it's only one book, though, but it's so well done. I really recommend the Colleen McCullough one on Rome. It's so good. Oh. So much detail. Who wrote, I think, did she write Cleopatra? Um, but Cleopatra's in the book as I recall yeah I mean the thing too that was interesting and I, I don't even know what my question would be around it is just about all these women having such strong having so much power in that time you know her sister leading a coup against her father and then the other sister and then her and and yet at the same time they said oh we can't have a woman ruling alone and yet they really did have a lot of power, but they didn't in Rome. Mm. Like, Rome was fully run by men. So I'm almost wondering, like, where did that come from? There's something about women in Egypt. I don't know, they just feel more embodied and powerful, and maybe they had, like, practices of their own, like, sexual ones that, I don't know, just gave them more... They're not fading away in the background like they are in Europe it feels like maybe it's some kind of mystical thing what could go back to the creation creation myths of Egypt you know with Isis and Osiris who were brother and sister and they were the ruler they ruled together as king and queen and you know like there's always they're always marrying their siblings so maybe this is the culture in Cleopatra she Thought of herself as the reincarnation of Isis, the great is is. Did, Did you? She? Yeah. Well, according to what I've read and what I've listened to, so maybe that's not correct, but that's what I. Apparently, Cicero, sure. um, like the great Roman orator, or orator, or orator, orator. Can you say that word? She should know because she's an orator. What means? <laughs> Someone who like speaks is a yeah. good speech maker. Like yeah. Obama. Yeah. <laughs> um, he really disliked Cleopatra. And he was always giving speeches all the time and swaying public opinion, you know. Um, but he didn't like her. He thought she was arrogant. <laughs> so I could see it. She thought she was like Isis reincarnated. That, uh, and she, I mean, you know, she's the queen. So it's probably hard to not have a big head. Plus, I think she's quite witty and very intelligent. Extremely intelligent, yeah. And beautiful. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, I was asking you that because 
Well, I first learned about this whole story from reading Asterix and Obelix comic books when I was a kid. And I remember saying to my mom, she's like, how do you know all this stuff? I was like, from reading these comics. And they have, you know, because it's in that time of Julius Caesar. And they're always like making fun of Caesar. But they're in Egypt and she's there. And they're always like, oh, that nose. And then there's a couple busts of her. She just has a big nose. And so I was wondering, that's what I was asking, like, does she hate her nose? Or is that like something, a feature that she was known for, <laughs> is having this like big nose? But is that just what we say now? That yeah, I don't big know. Big noses are ugly, so therefore they would have been ugly maybe, back then. Maybe they it probably would have just been like a Greek, a Greek nose, which back then was like, oh, it's a symbol Roman. of wealth because yeah. you're from Greece. Yeah, possibly. There was one bust that they found in a villa in Italy that was contemporary, like done, oh, maybe a bit after she died. No, was it done? Yeah, no, while she was in Rome, they figured that this bust of her had been made and she had like curly hair and she's wearing her, like she wears this headband, it's like a diadem that she's known for. That's how they recognize her in different carvings and stuff like that, even in Egypt. And then she had that curly hair. She had big nose? Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple different images of her, like on coins, because they said... This bus and then this coin, those are the two that she like would have actually approved of in her days. So Honestly, I've never seen what she looks like. They say her. that Mark Anthony was known as, he was supposed to be really good looking and comparable to one of the Greek, no, from one of the Roman gods. Um, I forget which one, like the god of beauty or something like that. It's so funny when you talk about all these people, it'd be amazing to do episodes on each one sure. of them. Yeah. Like Caesar's and her son. Like, what was his life like? Yeah, that, would, that would be interesting. Like, That's not fair. I'm getting tracked down. I didn't do any of this. <laughs> yeah. Mark Anthony, like even Octavian, like what was he really like? Yeah. It's just so interesting getting like a little window into how she felt about things and what her personality was like and and just living through all of that and knowing all those people mm. firsthand is cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Cleopatra. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Thank Bye. you.